0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zachary Brewster Geis, Greenbelt, Maryland, April 2007. The Mysteries of Adolfo by Anne Radcliffe. Volume 4, Chapter 8. BE THOU A SPIRIT OF HEALTH, OR GOBLIN DAMNED, BRING WITH THEE airs FROM HEAVEN OR BLASTS FROM HELL, BE THY INTENTS WICKED OR CHARITABLE, I WILL SPEAK TO THEE. HAMLET COUNT DE Villefort AT LENGTH, RECEIVED A LETTER FROM THE ADVOCATE AT AVIGNON, ENCOURAGING EMILY TO ASSERT HER CLAIM TO THE ESTATES OF THE LATE MADAME MONTONI and about the same time a messenger arrived from monsieur quenelle with intelligence that made an appeal to the law on the subject unnecessary since it appeared that the only person who could have opposed her claim was now no more a friend of monsieur quenelle who resided at venice had sent him an account of the death of montoni who had been brought to trial with orsino as his supposed accomplice in the murder of the venetian nobleman orsino was found guilty condemned and executed upon the wheel but nothing being discovered to criminate montoni and his colleagues on this charge they were all released except montoni who being considered by the senate as a very dangerous person was for other reasons ordered again into confinement where it was said he had died in a doubtful and mysterious manner and not without suspicion of having been poisoned the authority from which monsieur Quenel had received this information would not allow him to doubt its truth, and he told Emily that she had now only to lay claim to the estates of her late aunt to secure them, and added that he would himself assist in the necessary forms of this business. The term for which La had been let being now also nearly expired, he acquainted her with the circumstance and advised her to take the road thither through Toulouse, where he promised to meet her, and where it would be proper for her to take possession of the estates of the late Madame Montoni adding that he would spare her any difficulties that might occur on that occasion from the want of knowledge on the subject, and that he believed it would be necessary for her to be at Toulouse in about three weeks from the present time. An increase of fortune seemed to have awakened this sudden kindness in M. Quenelle towards his niece, and it appeared that he entertained more respect for the rich heiress than he had ever felt compassion for the poor and unfriended orphan. The pleasure with which she received this intelligence was clouded when she considered that he, for whose sake she had once regretted the want of fortune, was no longer worthy of sharing it with her. But remembering the friendly admonition of the count, she checked this melancholy reflection and endeavoured to feel only gratitude for the unexpected good that now attended her, while it formed no inconsiderable part of her satisfaction to know that La Vallée, her native home which was endeared to her by its having been the residence of her parents, would soon be restored to her possession. There she meant to fix her future residence, for, though it could not be compared with the château at Toulouse, either for extent or magnificence, its pleasant scenes and the tender remembrances that haunted them had claims upon her heart, which she was not inclined to sacrifice to ostentation. She wrote immediately to thank Monsieur Cunel for the active interest he took in her concerns, and to say that she would meet him at Toulouse at the appointed time. When Count de Villefort, with Blanche, came to the convent to give Emily the advice of the advocate, he was informed of the contents of Monsieur Cunel's letter, and gave her his sincere congratulations on the occasion. But she observed that, when the first expression of satisfaction had faded from his countenance, an unusual gravity succeeded— and she scarcely hesitated to inquire its cause. "'It has no new occasion,' replied the Count. "'I am harassed and perplexed by the confusion into which my family is thrown by their foolish superstition. Idle reports are floating round me, which I can neither admit to be true nor prove to be false, and I am also very anxious about the poor fellow Ludovico, concerning whom I have not been able to obtain information.' "'Every part of the chateau and every part of the neighbourhood, too, has, I believe, been searched. "'And I know not what further can be done, since I have already offered large rewards for the discovery of him. "'The keys of the north apartment I have not suffered to be out of my possession, since he disappeared, "'and I mean to watch in those chambers myself this very night.' "'Emily,' seriously alarmed for the Count, "'united her entreaties with those of the Lady Blanche to dissuade him from this purpose. "'What should I fear?' said he, I have no faith in supernatural combats, and for human opposition I shall be prepared, nay, I will even promise not to watch alone. "'But who, dear sir, will have courage enough to watch with you?' said Emily. "'My son,' replied the Count. "'If I am not carried off in the night,' added he, smiling, "'you shall hear the result of my adventure to-morrow.' The Count and Lady Blanche, shortly afterwards, took leave of Emily and returned to the chateau, where he informed Henri of his intention, who, not without some secret reluctance, consented to be the partner of his watch, and, when the design was mentioned, after supper, the Countess was terrified, and the Baron and Monsieur Dupont joined with her in entreating that he would not tempt his fate as Ludovico had done. "'We know not,' added the Baron, "'the nature or the power of an evil spirit, and that such a spirit haunts those chambers can now, I think, scarcely be doubted.' "'Beware, my lord, how you provoke its vengeance, since it has already given us one terrible example of its malice. I allow it may be probable that the spirits of the dead are permitted to return to the earth only on occasions of high import. But the present import may be your destruction.' The Count could not forbear smiling. "'Do you think, then, Baron,' said he, "'that my destruction is of sufficient importance to draw back to earth the soul of the departed?' "'Alas, my good friend, there is no occasion for such means to accomplish the destruction of any individual. Wherever the mystery rests, I trust I shall this night be able to detect it. You know I am not superstitious.' "'I know that you are incredulous,' interrupted the baron. "'Well, call it what you will, I mean to say, that though you know I am free from superstition, if anything supernatural has appeared, I doubt not it will appear to me.' and if any strange event hangs over my house or if any extraordinary transaction has formerly been connected with it i shall probably be made acquainted with it at all events i will invite discovery and that i may be equal to a mortal attack which in good truth my friend is what i most expect i shall take care to be well armed the count took leave of his family for the night with an assumed gaiety which but ill-concealed the anxiety that depressed his spirits, and retired to the north apartments, accompanied by his son and followed by the baron, M. Dupont, and some of the domestics, who all bade him good-night at the outer door. In these chambers everything appeared as when he had last been here. Even in the bedroom no alteration was visible where he lighted his own fire, for none of the domestics could be prevailed upon to venture thither. After carefully examining the chamber and the oriel, the Count and Henri drew their chairs upon the hearth, set a bottle of wine and a lamp before them, laid their swords upon the table, and, stirring the wood into a blaze, began to converse on indifferent topics. But Henri was often silent and abstracted, and sometimes threw a glance of mingled awe and curiosity round the gloomy apartment, while the Count gradually ceased to converse, and sat either lost in thought or... Or reading a volume of Tacitus, which he had brought to beguile the tediousness of the night. End of Volume 4, Chapter 8